For those of you with sensitive ears, this episode contains some spicy language, so be warned, explosives to come, and many of them. From the kitchen table, this is Gate Close Panic. Yes, it's Erin. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm not having a lot of success. Okay. Hey! Got it. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. I was expecting you to be... Uh, Stranded with a broken leg on a chair or something. Yeah, it's still broken, but I can. I've got painful. Um... Yeah, it's certainly not as delicate as your other ankle. This week I spoke to Jessica Clark, a freelance photographer living in Port Adelaide. I spoke to Jess at home where she works and also where she's stranded right now after breaking her leg a couple of months ago. You'll hear a little from Olive, her cat, and Dana, her husband, during the episode too. Jess is really warm and candid without giving way to glibness or carelessness in her answers. I found everything she said really engaging and intelligent, but one thing that stands out is the frankness with which Jess talks about money and the role it's played and continues to play in her working life. Jess frames her observations about money within class and does so in a really matter-of-fact way. She also takes herself seriously and values herself professionally, which is something I think a lot of women struggle to marry with the other standards set for them. I'll be back at the bottom of the episode, as usual, with some housekeeping. Until then, enjoy. Um, you look like you have a cat. Yeah, but I have a cat, so oh, it's okay. fine. This is Olive. Hello, Olive. Hello. She's a real jerk, but very happy. You smell glorious. Do I? Because I was a little afraid that I smelled like a wet dog on the bus, but maybe that was just the bus. Okay, good. That makes me feel better. Thank you. These are so nice. I'm glad you like them. I um, Austin Bloom is on oh. my street. Oh. So. That's dangerous. Yeah. Do you like prosecco? Yeah. Do you want a little one? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Why not drink and work? Everything is better. Is that one of Alice Lindstrom's? Collages. Uh, up, up there? Yeah. 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 She's a friend of mine. Oh my god. She worked at ESOP with me for years. Ah, she's so good. She's so wonderful. Do you know her? No, I've never met her. Ah, she's really wonderful. She, um, she and her partner moved to. <laughs> she and her partner moved to Melbourne a few years ago, oh. and she is now able to just do illustration, which That's is really so nice. She's really talented. I yeah. Think. Thank you. This is my favourite type of champagne for us. Oh, I, I get that chewing and podcasting is probably not um, a thing that... Oh, I'm sure people will love it. <laughs> hear the sound of the inside of our mouths. It's intimate. Yeah. It creates a closeness. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Maybe just start off by introducing yourself. Okay. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Jessica Clark, and I'm a freelance photographer living in Port Adelaide, South Australia. So if this makes sense to you, and it's okay if it doesn't make sense to you, but I thought maybe we could kind of go chronologically, maybe through mm-hmm. your working life mm-hmm. 
from whatever point you think is relevant, just start by talking about what maybe you were interested in when you were younger before you started working, mm-hmm. late teens, yeah. whenever that is. Yeah. And we'll go from there. I guess my main motivation, like I've done a few different jobs in my grown up life. Yeah. But my main motivation was always making money. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that's sometimes a taboo thing for especially a woman to want and to talk about. Um, but that's that's really where I've come from. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to do something that afforded a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and something that I could do within my own scope, like personality and and that sort of thing. Um, I think over the years I've had different jobs and careers or started different careers and realised I liked making the money and I liked working for myself. Mm-hmm. A nine to five type of deal felt quite oppressive to yeah. me and I'm a quite anxious person. So I found that working for myself was so much better. And I'm more productive at really random dumbass times of the night as well. Um, so that has helped. I can just edit late if I want to. Sleeping. Yeah. yeah. I don't like waking up early. I'm not a morning person. No, neither am I actually. Um, I'm actually really full of rage if someone wakes me up, <laughs> i.e. my partner. Um, <laughs> so not having to wake up really early is helpful for yeah. our relationship as well. <laughs> Yeah. Good. All right. Um, what were some of the jobs that you were doing before you started doing this? Um, I actually finished high school with a scholarship to university and I was really wanting to become a teacher. Mm. Um, so I did that at uni and was working in um, like extracurricular education mm-hmm. um, for school age children. So I was doing year 12 down. Um that was in Queensland, and I moved to Adelaide six and a half years ago um, to start a business with a family member doing that. And it fell through, and I was a little bit devastated. Mm. And at the time, I'd you know been taking photos just for myself, just for fun, because I I liked it. And then yeah, I guess I started to explore other options. Like I worked in retail for a while. And that was so soul-destroying that I decided to just go full hog photography. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty lucky, I suppose. People people kept asking me to shoot things for them, and I didn't didn't want to because I thought, no, photography is the thing that I do because I like doing it. Yeah. Um, And then one day it kind of just clicked, wait, I can make money, which is my favourite thing. Mm -hmm. I was doing my second favourite thing, taking photos, Mm -hmm. so I gave that a go. Here you are. Yeah. Who are the people that are asking you to take photos for them? People, actually, a lot of my business started with Instagram. Yeah. Um, I would just post, because I just moved to Adelaide, kind of got to see it as a tourist in a way, and all the cute little walls and streets and houses, and just I would just Instagram. And from there I got a few families and a few like couples getting engaged and a few companies wanting photos for their websites, mm. just little little shit, mm. and it really just kind of exploded after that. Yeah, really quickly. Did you start using your Instagram thinking that something like that might happen? No, no. I downloaded Instagram because I wanted a way to filter my iPhone photos. Um, I think this is actually six years ago, so right right when Instagram was first released. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea what it would turn into. Yeah. Or, no direction or intention whatsoever. Just 
yeah, just sharing things that I liked or that were interesting. Yeah, yeah that, that's all. Yeah. Before we get too kind of ahead of ourselves, and just as much or as little as you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. but what um, I suppose something that's important to me in doing something like this is acknowledging the hurdles people have gotten over and also the kind of leg ups that you've had along mm-hmm. the way. Because I think I listen to people's stories about how they've gotten where they've gotten to, mm-hmm. and I've wondered what their life was like and where they were coming from in comparison to mm-hmm. me, for yeah. instance. So is there anything that you see from when you were growing up or when you were younger, mm-hmm. something internal, situation you were in that really felt like a hurdle or something that really felt like a leg up for you? In terms of getting me to where I am now? Yeah. I think, well, in the photography community at least, from where I am now, it was incredibly isolating, incredibly male-dominated, and you really have to work it out for yourself. You have to work everything out. So what seems really normal and not stress-inducing to me now, like like quoting somebody for a job or how to respond to a client who's maybe asking a little more than you're comfortable giving or those sorts of things you really just had to learn the hard way. It was very daunting. But I think what I'd learned sort of, I, I don't know, I kind of wanted to do something that I could reconcile my personality with. So... I knew that I was good at sales um, and and talking to lots of different types of people, which is something that I've always think is a skill or a, a positive aspect of my personality. Yeah. So when <laughs> when photography seemed really hard or aimless, I just tried to focus on making other people feel good and then just keep trying and not giving up. Mm-hmm. I know that's cliche, but you don't know if what you're doing is going to work if people like it or if people hate it. And that's always a hurdle in itself. Yeah. I suppose one good thing for me, I don't know if you even did this, one good thing for me was having lots of nice friends and family to photograph. So I'm never short of, well, at the very beginning when I wasn't getting paid work, mm. and I didn't think I, that's what I wanted to do. I took photos all the time, took my camera with me all the time. All my family, all my friends just annoyed the fuck out of them with taking their photo. Yeah. Uh, and my poor partner, Dana, he, he used to get really dark at me taking photos of him all the time. But for me, it was that was really great because I had lots of material to share. Yeah. And when I did decide to do it for a living, I had, didn't have to start from there. Yeah. I don't carry a camera with me anymore because it's too heavy. But um, hurdles, I don't know. Like I didn't come from a family with money or anything, really. So I suppose that compared with other people, sometimes I get not complaining about that quite happy about that but do you think that might be part of the reason that you're kind of um realistic about needing to prioritize earning yeah I think so I think my my angst about it um or my my need or want for it definitely came from the lack of it yeah um and obviously my life's been very privileged being yeah in Australia but yeah yeah I definitely grew up thinking that I wanted you know, I wanted to have a home and I wanted to have, you know, nice nice things made by people I know and eat nice foods and drink Prosecco while I run a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations in that case, though. Yeah, I can die now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, well, maybe let's talk about money a bit then because mm-hmm. I think 
it doesn't get talked about enough. You mm-hmm. kind of see other people's lives happening mm-hmm. and assume that that comes with a certain set of accoutrement that mm-hmm. it may or may not. Mm-hmm. When you first started, for instance, quoting for mm-hmm. work and kind of valuing your work because you work by yourself, mm-hmm. how do you f- even start figuring something like that out? Um, I guess I spent a lot of time looking at people around me and seeing what, what other photographers were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of photographers don't have pricing published online, um, and I don't either. Mm-hmm. I think it was more about what I've always wanted is not to be not to be sort of undercutting other people's talent. So I've always wanted to be somewhere in, in terms of quoting that is fair, not just for me, but for every other photographer out there, mm-hmm. so that it's not like a price beat race sure. down to the bottom yeah but because of I guess my experience with running another business before when I first started quoting and um, like invoicing people um, it was always from not from a low point at all um, even though a lot of a lot of people I know who will start out a business will start off really cheap because mm-hmm. they don't feel they're worth charging enough but I think something in me realized the only difference between me charging a little bit or a lot was my confidence and not not my skill, not my work, not who I am, not my clients. So sometimes, like I lost a lot of jobs because when you're a freelance creative, people love to come to you and say, oh, you should shoot this for the exposure and it'll be great. Um, you should come and take photos at my event because there will be a hundred people there and I'll I will shout your name from the rooftops, but it's never really paid my bills. So I think I've always been really strict with it. Um, yeah. My time is worth a lot to me, so like, why give it away for free? Yeah. And there are plenty of people in my life that I want to be giving to, and why would I take from them to give to someone who is just trying to get something for free? Um, yeah. I've always hated that about creative community and all of the creatives I know who are so talented yeah it's really hard to make it if you don't really set the standard and Mm. stick to it Mm. do you feel like it's afforded you the lifestyle that you wanted when you were kind of starting out yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. and I also haven't wasted heaps of time and energy on things that haven't gotten me anything yeah so it's a lot of saying no which is scary yeah especially if you want the work or it's a client that you want and you want to be able to share the work. Yeah, it's scary mm. saying no to something that Does you would otherwise want to do. Yeah. Does that still happen a lot now? Yeah. 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 Um, not as much. I don't think it seems like I'm a new photographer anymore. But it does occasionally come mm. up. But, yeah, I mean, the clients that I have now are really respectful of my time and of my skills as well. Mm. And it's funny charging more often gets you better work yeah and people ask less the more I up my prices it's really interesting it invokes that respect I I suppose it's just a perceived value yeah and it is scary really valuing yourself as a female person as a as a photographer as a creative as you know a freelancer who I won't earn any other money any other way Mm. if I say no to something if I piss someone off by not, you know, doing how they want. Mm. Um, but I think it's also about 
feeling good about the work too and not resenting it mm. because I could just be working full time jobs somewhere and not having that stress. Yeah. Um, but it's it's all I'm gradually getting the time. Mm. Yeah. Is it mostly good now though? Or do you still feel really anxious about a lot of it? Um I think if I take a step back it's it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. But often when you're just in the middle of it and you think, Oh, I have an invoice in four weeks. I'm going to be destitute. I'm going to have to eat niggering forever, which isn't such a bad thing. Um, yeah, I do have moments of panic and um, and that sort of thing because there's never, you know, you never know when your payday will be. Mm. But I know, like, looking back, it's, it's always just, you never really know if you're doing good enough. And I think no matter how good you get, you always feel like that. Always. Yeah. And if you don't feel like that, then maybe you're an asshole. Oh, sad. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, nobody can really answer that question. Yeah. It's just you. Not all the time. I think feeling good is important yeah. and being confident. But I think it's also important to question, question yourself yeah. and to assess where you're at. And never feel safe and comfortable because then you just get lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. You seem to be kind of coming to it a little bit, but is it always good for you working alone? Because you must be alone a lot with your work. Yeah, I spend a lot of time alone. Um, And no, it's not always good. It really sucks Mm. sometimes because it's easy. At the moment, I'm working from home. It's really easy to just wake up, go to the toilet, and then turn your computer on. And nine hours later, you're sitting there, this dirty, shiny mess, like in your knickers. Um, You've gotten a lot done, but you haven't eaten. You haven't stretched. Your butt muscles are atrophying. Um, And you're just a moody piece of trash. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty unhealthy. Yeah. And I think one thing I've noticed is if you wake up, Uh, feeling sad or feeling anxious or feeling whatever, whatever your feeling is, if you get up and you get ready and you go to work or you go to a shop or you go get a coffee somewhere or you go see someone, Mm -hmm. it kind of snaps you out of your mood Mm -hmm. because you have to. You have to be a functioning human (laughs) in society. So as opposed to that, waking up in your funny mood and sitting at your computer for 10 hours working it there's no snap out of it Mm. element Mm. so I try I mean I'm always trying to do the best at everything and often most mostly not doing it um but yeah if if I can give myself something to snap like I'll go for a walk yeah um or I'll do some cleaning or I'll have a shower and I'll put clothes on and shoes on even Mm. though I'm at home reset yeah little ritual I think that's really important and I don't do it enough but I should yeah yeah what is your on a normal week when you don't have a broken leg (laughs) what's your week normally like I'd probably say a normal month because yeah okay yeah well whatever some in in a month I'll I'll maybe have I don't know five or six shoots okay um and what I'm shooting is commercial work for like big companies or it's editorial for magazines. Mm-hmm. 
um, or it's um, like lifestyle photography for families and um, couples and weddings. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll have a week with nothing at all, no photography. It's it's mostly if I'm not out shooting or meeting, it's it's editing on the computer mm -hmm. um, and emailing. Emailing is probably most of what I do. I think I think I spend more time emailing than anything else. Wow. But a, a normal week, I suppose, would be – it's actually quite hectic, I think, to mm -hmm. look at because I don't really have a schedule or, um, like, a set routine. I don't think I can work to a routine easily. I'd have to spend a lot of time working on it. Mm -hmm. um, but when my leg's not broken, <laughs> it would be – I think every day I try and do something that's not work if I can. Mm -hmm. Something with a friend or have a nice dinner or have a nice drink or – Go for a little walk, ideally, mm. but it doesn't always happen. Yeah, just going to meetings, editing late, um, and sometimes I don't do any work at all. If I've got other family stuff on, or, mm. yeah, or just errands to run, um, which is kind of nice to have that yeah. flexibility. Yeah. But if it's a busy period, I'd say about seven months of the year are really busy. Yeah. And when I get into the groove of it, it'll be shooting editing, selecting, and then file delivery and meetings. It's really up and down there, mm. which I enjoy because yeah. it keeps me from getting bored yeah. or feeling like everything's the same all the time. Mm. I don't know if that answered your no, question. That did. No, that perfectly did. What, if anything, mm. do you want to do next? Do you want anything to change? Yeah, I think so. I think I would like... I'd like more commercial work yeah, and sort of like bigger editorial stuff. Mm -hmm. I find those jobs, because I've had less of those than I have of, say, weddings, mm. those sorts of jobs um, I find really interesting. Yeah. I like going into a community and, you know, meeting people and talking to people and sort of becoming friends with them before you photograph them. That sort of thing is quite thrilling mm. and being able to make somebody feel comfortable for a photograph I think is quite a tricky thing to do yeah I fucking hate having my photo taken I hate it so do I <laughs> and most people will say oh, I'm not photogenic or oh I don't know what to do and I think it it's a very vulnerable thing like having a picture taken so mm -hmm. I don't know when I meet new people and I'm photographing them and I'm hearing about their lives and their story mm. that's my favorite that's my favourite thing. It's kind of life-affirming. Mm. Um, it's very human feeling. So I'd like more, more jobs like that. Yeah. And it's a pretty cool job to do because I do get to meet so many different types of people all the time. And it just makes it makes life, I don't know, it adds a context and it adds a place and an interest, um, which I think if I didn't have a camera and I wasn't there for a job, would be really hard to do. Can't just walk up to a random person and say, "Oh, hello. Do you want to have a coffee? You look interesting." Yeah. They'd be like, "Um, fuck off, creep." But when you have a camera and you're shooting for a magazine, or when you have a camera and you're shooting for, you know, something, mm -hmm. you have an objective. Mm -hmm. It's a good icebreaker with people. As yeah. Well. So I enjoy that. One more time. That sounds like a dance. <laughs> Hi. Hey. Hello. Come in. Yeah. Good. Good. Wait, yeah, but it's fine. We're eating cheese and drinking Prosecco. <laughs> Are you home for lunch? 
No, I already have not. Oh, what are you doing? Uh, you get fired. Kind of, I got an hour, so I'm just going to chill. Lucky you. You yeah. didn't get fired. You didn't get fired, not yet. I'll work on it. You worried you were going to get fired? No. I was just joking. Because he's home early? <laughs> this is how we joke. Oh, right. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. The banter. <laughs> oh, very funny. <laughs> How's the cheap Prosecco? It's yum. It's good. I've had yeah. that recommended to me by a man in a bottle shop before. <laughs> by a man in a bottle shop? Mm. Did I you have a beard? Did you have a peak? No, you didn't. He kind of looks like a plumber. <laughs> like a plumber? Yeah. If you can look like a plumber, this man did. Thank you. How does one look like a plumber? Just think about a plumber. Yeah. I don't you can see it. No. He kind of looks like every other tradesperson. Yeah, exactly. I'm not... Okay. It's, but it's not a geography <laughs> thing. <laughs> just but crack this out. That's definitely my imagination. You just look like a man person, you know, that might wear a a high vis. Do you think plumbers wear high vis? (laughs) Oh, yeah, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, how embarrassing. Thanks for sharing your Prosecco. So I've just been asked what my normal week looks like, and I had a really hard time. I think you did a good job. (laughs) I think it's a realistic depiction. Don't know. (laughs) Probably probably looks like this. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Everyone's gonna want to be a photographer after this. Yeah. I'll leave you guys alone. Okay, bye. You can censor out this male voice later. <laughs> yes, please. I love hanging out with me. Um, I guess it's when you're having a conversation with somebody, as opposed to when it's being recorded and someone is going to listen to it. Yeah. It's hard to know if what you mean in your heart is how it sounds to someone else's ears. Yeah. They might be like, what an asshole. What an absolute jerk tip. Um, so I guess that's always, I don't think anything's been missed, but it's just, you never really know what your intention sounds like to somebody else, but. The pervasive fear that none of us are being understood. <laughs> yeah. 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 people in, in our community at least one thing that's always annoyed me is people pretending that money isn't important that makes me so mad um, yeah and a lot of the people who feel that way have come from a space of not needing it because of their privilege mm-hmm. and you have to sort of I boys what in the past have felt embarrassed for having nice things or for working hard and and doing doing work for clients it's always been like a shitty boring lame thing to do and I've always had an issue with that like I don't know why it's a bad thing to want to earn money so I think I've always been grappled with that of obviously desperately wanting to be liked but also desperately wanting to afford a lifestyle um, and not care what other people think Mm. who I don't really I'm not friends with anyway yeah but that feeling that it's being judged generally yeah totally yeah Um, I don't know how much that makes sense it definitely makes sense has it been since you moved to Adelaide or was it in Queensland oh yeah it's very like it's very cool to not give a shit about anything or to look like you don't. Isn't it just? And I give a shit about everything. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, so. you and so many people, and yet the consensus seems to be that nobody does. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I moved to Adelaide when I was 15 or 16 years old mm-hmm. um, from country South Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, Where about? Clare? Mm. Mm, that was cute. Yeah, well, we lived there out of necessity. <laughs> You're like, yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to visit, it. yeah. Um, but it's just always been me and mum, mm-hmm. and we've never had any money, mm-hmm. and that's always been normal mm-hmm. because I was always at public school mm-hmm. and then I got down here got a scholarship went mm-hmm. to a private school and I don't know I guess that combined with my sensibilities mm-hmm. and my interests plunged me into a community of kids that just had never worried about yeah. money yeah. and yeah I, that that very strange feeling of <laughs> how low does that feel good yeah, that very strange feeling that you're having a completely different life experience because you have to be really pragmatic mm-hmm. or you feel like you have to be yeah. at least. Yeah. I don't know. I've always – I think that the ultimate privilege is to not need to worry about where your money comes from. Definitely. Or how you're going to pay your bills or eat. Mm. She's so loving right now. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Shit. <laughs> I think if I really think about it, that that's definitely one of my hurdles. Wanting to be part of a scene and community of people mm. who are otherwise very interesting and talented, mm. but this perceived uncool to give a shit, kind of uncool to look like you're trying. It places a lot of importance on how you look or how you seem. Um, that's always made me feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And like it didn't sit with me, I suppose. Has it given you any sense of relief to move out here, away from the city? Um, yes, it has. Yeah. Um, like I've, I love my friends and I love people, mm-hmm. but being out here change soon but being out here has been this it's almost like a relief yeah like I can go <laughs> to the shops and I just have anonymity yeah that's kind of nice um, and it doesn't matter what I'm wearing <laughs> what I look like yeah it's just going to the shops I'm just going to the shops yeah but you feel like that's going to change oh, it might but I don't feel bad about that at all I feel a sense of ownership yeah um of it I think, I suppose when I started, I was, you know, still had hormones raging, I was in my early 20s, and still working out who I wanted to be, who I was, mm. and how to, how to reconcile those two things. So I think what bothered me at the beginning of my career doesn't bother me now. Mm. I've just worked out that I don't need everyone to like me. Who doesn't? Who don't share like a similar optimism or even sense of criticism, mm. a sense of critical thinking? Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. But it does. But it's a good feeling to sort of just be like, I don't fuck it. Yeah, I'm not trying anymore. Yeah, I love money. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
I like that synopsis. (laughs) If you have a question for Jess or for the podcast or anything else, reach out to us on our social. Also head over to Instagram at gateclosedpanic to see a special little question with Jess that isn't included in the interview. If you know of a woman or a non-binary person you'd like to hear interviewed, let us know. And as usual, follow, share and like us in all the right places. I've been Saren Bell. This has been Gate Close Panic. We'll see you next week. Bye.